0: Where Nobody Knows Your Name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello, and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast, season
1: six finale. Oh, well, hey. hey. That's a, whoa. Time's went quick, James. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't sound like the sound of someone who agreed.
0: <laughs> uh, I agree. I'm surprised we got to the season six finale already. There's only five seasons left. Uh, <laughs> there's only five. 25 weeks. It's been a big season. It's been a season of change. But we'll talk more about that in the season review.
1: Yeah, for sure. But I'll, I'll say quickly, James 25 weeks ago, we watched the first episode with Rebecca. And now this episode, backseat Becky up front titled after her. She's really made an impression in the bar, and I'm looking forward to talking about this episode where she's very much a central force. She's up front,
0: the main character. Yeah. Yeah. This episode aired on the 5th of May, 1988. Revenge of the Fifth, is it not? (laughs) Was written by Cherie Eiken and Bill Steinkellner and directed by, of course, James Burroughs. It's a finale, of course it is. You know, I think it's an interesting finale. Yes, it is. Yes, I think that's the correct one. I think it diverted from what we expected in a finale. Yeah. Not, not in a bad way. I'll, I'll preface it by saying that, but in a way that we hypothesised that it did become
1: less about Sam. Mm. Yeah. But I'm sure we'll start comparing different seasons in our season review in two weeks' time. But I want to kick off straight away with this, James. Drake, Evan Drake... He's not well liked by the bar at this point, uh, especially by Cliff, actually, but um, he says the Corporate Cobras Evan the Snake Drake. Ooh,
0: is that because they uh, pawned off Sam from that job a few weeks Maybe. ago?
1: I mean, I'm not sure if this is just a particular vendetta from Cliff to Evan Drake. It's Cliff's vendetta of the week is what it is. He's had a real struggle with classism this whole season, normally looking down at people, but this time he's sort of shaking a hand, looking up at someone. But it does sort of throw in and reintroduce to Evan Drake straight away through this. Cliff says that he's sort of the, the kind of bloke that has his knuckle hair removed and things like this. Everyone's a bit confused about what Cliff's going on about. What you're talking about, Clifford? Well, with what you're talking about Clifford in mind, uh, <laughs> Rebecca's trying to get Sam's attention to try and sort of, it does give a, a bit of a summary of the season so far, establishing her uh, longing love for Evan Drake. And she sort of hypothesizes that Evan's always coming to Malville's upstairs because she works at Cheers downstairs. I'll give it a break, Rebecca. (laughs) And uh, she does kind of uh, chase him around the bar a little bit. I think at one point he says, I want to use your office for the phone. And she goes, I use phones too. (laughs) You use (laughs) phones? I think she actually says we have so much in common. And
0: then she goes into a weird thing, like just to think his mouth is now where my mouth
1: was. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that that happens a lot through this episode. I think it's pretty clear that, oh, has been up till now, that it's pretty clear that Evan has pretty much zero interest. He values her as an employee sometimes. Yeah. And he doesn't really see much, much else other than that, really. If anything, if you think back to like the last the ending of last week's episode where she says no one can treat me like an object and now I have to drive Mr. Evan Drake's valet to the airport or something. Was it something like that? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much bang on the money there. That
0: yeah, she's a accessory at most to Evendrake.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but but she's she's very sort of authoritative with everyone else, but she is just a bit weak at the knees when he's around. What did you say, a bit of a doormat? She lets him walk all over her? Yeah, exactly. And with weak at the knees in mind, Evan Drake wants to talk to her about a long overdue conversation. And she's got kind of all worked up thinking he's going to confess his love for her.
0: It's something exciting. It's something life changing. I've got news, Rebecca.
1: He's going to Japan. He's going to Tokyo to head up the Japan division. And she's kind of blindsided to this and just says, yes, darling. And this is where she goes weak at the knees and literally faints. Something very exciting is happening to me. It's going to change my whole life. It's a huge risk. Take it. Take it. I'm moving to Tokyo. I'm going to take over the Japanese division I leave tonight. Yes, darling, yes. Much
0: like how Alphaville said, Evan Drake is big in Japan. I was wondering how you'd work that into it. Any which way I can, John. (laughs) Will that be
1: on our our Cheers playlist, James? Uh, It will once I make a note of it. (laughs) (laughs) And she does do quite a sort of uh, elegant faint, I guess you say.
0: Yeah, it's almost wilt. Is that what you call it? Like a flower? (laughs) There is a word, I forgot what it's called, but it's when women elegantly faint. I think they say
1: wilt. Okay, I haven't heard that phrase before. It reminded me of, do you remember those uh, sort of, the toys that you push the bottom and it, like a string's all... Does that make sense? Any ring any bells with that? A silly, silly string. <laughs> I made a reference that wasn't really uh, known to you, let alone anyone who would listen.
0: And there I am referencing B-list songs
1: on the 80s. <laughs> that's that's the, the big one that everyone's like, ah, I know, big in Japan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, Alphaville. Oh, I was wondering
0: when they talk about Alphaville.
1: (laughs) After Rebecca's uh, fainting incident, she's in the office and basically she's with Sam and says, it just all went black and she doesn't remember it. And Sam kind of tries to console her and says, women faint all the time in cartoons, which (laughs) as we know from Sam, he's a big expert on cartoons. Oh, he loves the cartoons. (laughs) But that doesn't go much in the way of consoling her. But... Sam does have some good suggestions, to be honest. He says, you'll be able to tell him that you love him at his goodbye party. And Rebecca
0: goes, what goodbye party?
1: And he goes, well, the one we're throwing tonight. Hey. And I think this is, uh, you, you kind of see this as a genuine sort of form of friendship at this point. You see it as that. Yep. Yeah. And I thought it was quite, quite nice. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was a good sort of exchange. And it's, it's, we, you said at the top that this is a sort of Rebecca centered episode. And it's nice to see Sam sort of supporting that a bit.
0: Yes. And it also delves a little into, and a lot of people on our social media have pointed this out. Thank you for pointing this out that Sam and Evan Drake, I'd say for the first two thirds of the season, had a sort of romance going where they both mm. admired each other for their respective successes in their chosen field, Sam being sports and baseball and, and Evan being business. And they both admired each other for that. They both joked with each other about, about women quite a bit, you know. I think Sam will miss Evan, maybe not much, but you know, I think he generally got on well with him most of the time.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. I think, I think it's been a a weird sort of There's been ups and downs, definitely. I mean, Mm -hmm. he invited them onto their yacht, which I suppose you would say a (laughs) hi. For Sam to suggest throwing this party for him is quite a sort of a a good goodbye, I suppose. Yeah, and they will make it Japanese themed. (laughs) What music should they play for that theme? Well, of course they play Alphaville, big in Japan. Just on loop forever. But uh, I tell you what, when we do enter the party, we do get a few, he's a jolly good fellow, that classic number that nobody can deny. (laughs) (laughs) Smooth. (laughs) My favourite part of that is Cliff goes, the perfect illustration of life's bitter irony. (laughs) 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 Which I quite like that moment. It's quite poetic, that. I do like that. (laughs) He just seems fueled
0: by hate this episode. What's that you got there, (laughs) Cliff? Is it a nice big pint of
1: spite? The perfect illustration of life's bitter irony. (laughs) Oh, well. The main objective of this party then is that Rebecca's going to tell Evan Drake how she feels. And she gets a few opportunities which are just sort of blown out of the water because there's a lot of people there who want to talk to Evan Drake. Yeah, a lot of businessmen going,
0: Hey, Evan, Mr. Drake, bye. Can I get your office?
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's there's quite a bit of that. And a few familiar faces pop up here and there as well. Actually, would this be a good time to to talk about the cast, James?
0: I think it would. Tom Skerritt as Evan Drake. This is his last appearance because he's off to Japan. Because he's big (laughs) there. Uh, Von Barker as Martin. He also appeared in The A-Team, Murder, She Wrote, Days of Our Lives, Acapulco, Heat, Soft Toilet Seats, and which... (laughs) I just I just thought it was a funny title, so I, I put it in my notes. <laughs> Vince Howard reprises his role as Heppel. This is his last appearance. Al Rosen as Al. George Shannon reprises his role as Burns. This is his last appearance. And Catherine Hittelman is uncredited as bar patron on phone. She also made uncredited appearances in Fast Times at Richmond High and War Games. Two 80s classics there. Her credited work includes a school girls and a stunt performer in State of Grace. Philip Perlman is uncredited as Phil. Now, one of the people we mentioned there, Martin, we'll get to see more of because he is the chauffeur, which Rebecca mentioned in the last episode, but which becomes a surprising villain to Rebecca in this episode.
1: Well, yeah, that's he's one of the things which sort of pulls evan away ultimately but there's like a, a photographer who flashes bulbs and blinds up momentarily woody's giving him a drink you said happle was back happle yeah the, the the employee yeah he has a word with evan and and says he's gonna miss him kind of thing it's a choreographed scene of many things going on
0: yes it's like a chaotic dance have you ever seen the film Barney and the bull no. <laughs> it's made by the it's made by producers of the of the Mighty Bushan things. For American listeners, these all just sound sordid and a bit <laughs> disgusting. But it's a um it's kind of like a surreal comedic film about a road trip through Europe. Hmm. And at one point they're they're at a, a matador fight, and the matador goes, Being a bullfighter, it is it is like a dance, a violent, scary type of dance, but a <laughs> dance nonetheless. <laughs>
1: I tell you what, amongst this uh, chaotic scene, there's a a quiet moment as well, which is between Carla and Rebecca, which I thought was going to go slightly different to how it went.
0: I've been down this road a few times myself and take it from a fro. There is one thing you always have to do before you tell a guy you love him. What's that? Lose the mustache.
1: I thought this was sort of reflective on uh, when Carla sort of, for the first few seasons, very much had strong feelings for sam for a long time and i thought this was gonna go into that a bit yeah and uh, now there's now she just flirts with him yeah heavily i thought that was a, a moment of vulnerability which then was uh, just
0: a mustache joke i thought it was gonna be something like let him knock you up or something because that would be a very <laughs> Carla line
1: <laughs> and also i mean i'm not sure if a mustache would make a difference if you were oh, is tom sellick Tom Selleck is. It's, I mean, I don't think he's going to notice.
0: <laughs> I don't think Tom Selleck would care. <laughs> uh, of course, Evan Drake has a mustache himself. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly.
0: There's um in the Friends comedy musical called Friendsical, which I saw. <laughs> I I didn't make up the title. That's what it's called. But they have comedic songs, and they've got a song about Richard in Friends, mm. played by Tom Selleck, and the song is called Hunky Hairy Mustache Man. <laughs>
1: It sounds like an interested song. Will we put in the playlist? Maybe not for that
0: one. <laughs> no, uh, but it's an apt description or an apt, what's the word? Archetype, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, anyway, they have that exchange. But then ultimately, after all of this chaos of the party, Mr. Evan Drake has to leave and his chauffeur takes him away. And Rebecca thinks that's done, you know, she's missed her chance. But James, what happens? Martin comes in and Sam takes him hostage yeah pretty much he, he shoves him <laughs> in the stomach A full on miseries him. full on miseries him yeah he doesn't
0: and- he doesn't bring out a mallet <laughs> just goes good luck driving the <laughs> limo now Martin
1: pushes him down some stairs no uh, maybe I'm your biggest I'm your biggest fan Martin smack um <laughs> but yeah he takes him hostage and tells Rebecca to drive the limousine and the worst thing is he steals his hat <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And, uh, <laughs> and and she never even brings the, the top coat. Yeah, the Martin comes
0: in, goes, Evandrake has forgotten his top coat. And Sam goes, Well, we keep it in the top coat closet. It's actually like a wine closet. Just, And there you go, Martin. That's further in. Oh, it's all the way to the back, Martin. Closed door, lock, throwaway key.
1: <laughs> and we never, I'm going to spoil this, since We never see him come out of that. No, nah, you, he's still
0: there to this day. So it's a long wait to season seven. Oh, I meant, I meant to. <laughs> You know, oh, today, yeah. the 2020s, yeah. They just slide beer and uh, <laughs> other Pe- bar snacks to peanuts that fall through the cracks of the lacella. <laughs> just You just hear Norm's hands scrabbling at the other side uh, <laughs> and Martin hissing back. Uh, <laughs>
1: So we move past that imagery for a second, Rebecca goes into the, the front seat of the, the limousine and immediately professes her love for Evan Drake. And I think we'll play that audio clip. Oh, oh it, it is heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's particularly heartbreaking when we realise Evan Drake cannot hear a single word. I love you, Mr. Drake. There, I said it. I love you. I love you more than anyone I've ever loved in my whole life. I love you more than any woman's ever loved a man. Mr. Drake? Hello? Ow! Oh, God. What are
0: you doing up there? Where's Martin? And she goes, oh, Martin couldn't make it. I'll be driving you. And he goes, okay, okay. It seems weird that he was so all right with that. There was a moment of confusion. (laughs) (laughs)
1: He's being miseried. (laughs) <laughs> he's that's just your verb of the day john i think this is a closer connection to be honest she's kidnapping him
0: is basically <laughs> what's, what's happening and he starts by somewhat being okay with it and rebecca goes you know i'm driving and then she tries to open up again and then says i've got something to tell you and i think he knew what she was going to say i don't think evan's unaware i don't think Mm. Evan's an idiot because he quickly says oh can you stop off here I need to pick up the girl and go to Japan with and Rebecca goes what and then Evan starts talking about her in such a you say endearing way he's clearly very fond of
1: her I think that the thing which is most heartbreaking for Rebecca is that the person who he's describing isn't dissimilar from herself you know yeah Uh, could you turn right at the next corner here Rebecca we have to pick up Christy oh yes sir Mr. Drake, with all my heart... Christy? Yeah, she's the young lady who's accompanying me to Japan. Accompanying in the modern sense of the word? Yeah, you might say so. She's a very special woman. Very upfront. Aggressive, even. <laughs> you know, the first time we met a few months ago, she was the one who actually asked me out. God, that's refreshing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh. Anyway, uh, you wanted to ask me something? Oh, yes, sir. I just wanted to tell you that. That this is really a lot of car to handle.
0: And I'll be honest, every time I watch this episode, I, I find myself, you know, heart in the throat a little. You know, mm. no, no tears, but just, just, <laughs> you you've, you've sympathise with Rebecca so much in this
1: scene. Mm. You know? but, but the only thing which is different is this woman asked Evan out. And he says, he says that she asked him out and that she's a very modern woman and that he liked that. And that's probably the hardest thing for Rebecca to hear, to be honest, because that's the one thing she didn't do really.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's a very, as I say, it's a very heartbreaking scene and definitely Kirstie Ali's best performance to date, because we've already seen so far times when she's been crying. Mm. You know, Rebecca could be an emotional character at times. But in this scene, it was a slow release
1: of emotion, and it, or, hmm. yeah, it was it's difficult to watch. To be honest, I tell you what, though, James. In tandem to this scene, we see what's happening in the bar, and it's Sam, and it kind of all of this friendship we thought he was showing through the episode gets slightly tainted. He's a proper scumbag at times, isn't he? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Carla kind of calls him out for him being a different, essentially. Yeah. Carlo goes sam you're being a decent human
0: being what's wrong with you
1: yeah and then uh, he essentially kind of it is his long game plan is he thinks evan drake will uh, obviously still go to japan and leave rebecca heartbroken where he describes he will fly in like a vulture and this is it a baby bird what does he say hey 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 huh? how about that according to
0: vulture time i bet that's my uh, wounded little sparrow right now Hello. I don't think Sam knows how birds work, ironically.
1: <laughs> but that that moment is I mean it's a bit like, you know, in The Good Place when he does his evil laugh, when he had a cunning plan all along. Mm, and uh, when Sam's saying this plan to Carla, he gets a phone call and then it's Rebecca calling him for help because she's been left at, at like a service station. No, she hasn't, James. It's much worse than that, isn't it? She destroyed a service station. Yeah. She she
0: said she wrapped the limo around a 7-Eleven.
1: Yeah. Uh, And she calls Sam asking for help, which Sam says he's going to fly in like a vulture and help her. And then we cut back to Rebecca's apartment where they've both arrived there. Destruction
0: in abandon, both physical and emotional. That's what Rebecca's been up to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. She's at probably the lowest point we've seen her in the season.
0: She she is as vecked as a seven
1: eleven. And a limousine. Yeah. But as she's sort of saying this to Sam, it's quite similar to uh, the painting scene from earlier in the season when uh, she was talking to Sam and Sam was sort of going around the room, closing curtains, turning music on. It's almost a beat for beat repeat of that. But this time she doesn't ask him to go. She asks him to stay for a cup of coffee or olives Um, (laughs) That's all I had, Sam But then says that Sam is her only friend
0: Yeah, and again I found this a fascinating scene Because Rebecca The other scene has been the queen Of reverse psychology Mm. But in this scene, Sam tries To use it against her, because at the start He says, I'm going to leave you now And she goes, no, don't go, Sam And he goes, well, okay then and Mm. And I'll stay You know, she just wants a friend, uh, but Sam doesn't think he can do that. And he's like, I don't want to abuse your need for friendship at the moment.
1: Yeah. And then it it switches around very quickly because she does say that he's the only friend she's really got. She's focused on work for so long that she's lost everyone else really in a roundabout way. And at that point he says he can't stay there because he doesn't trust himself to be in that scenario really. Which is a strange thing because it's noble
0: for Sam but the actual statement itself is a bit odd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's an odd scene to watch because he fundamentally is doing a selfless thing by leaving, but
1: it's an odd way to phrase it. And that goes back and forth a few times, but I think the end of it and the ending is, it's not the point where I thought we would end the season, if I'm honest, which is them both talking on the phone as friends.
0: After he's left, Rebecca goes into her kitchen rips out a jar of olives and a six-pack and lays yeah. out the beer neatly and just starts, you know, drowning his sorrows away. As you would.
1: Six-pack <laughs> and olives. Ooh. I like that. It does end very much with sort of a, a, a quiet, uh, slightly depressing, but maybe, a, a, I don't know. It's a bittersweet ending. A bittersweet ending. And I think it promises a... a- like, you know, like like beer and olives. <laughs> <laughs> But it promises an interesting next season, which I'm looking forward to.
0: Yeah, and the phone conversation—it was quite sweet because Sam says something along the lines of, "I want to be there for you, and if that means I have to call you on the phone, and it's on a payphone, you know, it's mm-hmm. not—he it, has, has to use his change. It's not from the bar; it's from, from just from the bo- bottom of the apartment building. If I have to call you on the phone to help comfort you, then I will." Rebecca points out. That you don't need to do that, Sam. I trust you. You can resist your impulses. And he goes, <laughs> really? Check your bra. And her bra's unhooked.
1: Yeah, it is a weird ending.
0: <laughs> up up until that final line, <sighs> it was quite endearing, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a definitely interesting way to end. And I'm looking forward to the next season. But James, will be reviewing the whole season in two weeks' time. So we got that to look forward to first. We do. Is
0: trivia all the way from Japan. Thank you, Evan. Sent us some <coughs> sent us some trivia questions to remember his time in Cheers. How lovely. But as usual, before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more.
1: So we've heard about Cliff having quite a bit of spite towards Evan this season, Uh, this episode maybe even, not even the season, just this episode. But in the cold open, what things does he say that Evan Drake probably does?
0: Uh, Lasers his knuckle hair. Yep. Uh, He has electronic, like tasers his hairline or something. Yep. (laughs) That was the other one. Uh, And he loofers himself raw or something.
1: Yeah, he says that as well, James. You got all three. Then everyone sort of looks at him weirdly after them and goes, "I saw it in a magazine." Sam
0: proposes a Japanese-themed goodbye party for Evan, but what is Sam's suggestion of Japanese food? Chips and cheese, as in crisps and cheese. Oh, oh, that that's worse because chips and cheese in the UK is you know, um, fries, yeah. thick thick fries with melted cheese on top. Well, I saw it more as like uh, chips and dip and little cheese squares. I don't think they were together. Ah, oh, see, I thought you meant like chips and cheese, like the kind you have at three AM when you leave the nightclub. <laughs> Just I want lots of thick fries <laughs> and and grated uh, grated cheddar.
1: I mean, which... does that that does sound better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's my go to. <laughs>
1: In this episode, when Woody gives Evan Drake a drink, he says he's already exchanged all his money to a Japanese currency and doesn't have a tip for him. But what does he end up giving instead? I
0: remember this. Woody, Woody says, oh, he's cheap. At first he goes, oh yeah, I understand that, Drake. Then he mutters, cheap, cheap, cheap to himself. <laughs> uh, and then Evan goes, but I do have these Celtic Lakers tickets, which he can't use, courtside tickets to the Celtic Lakers game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Woody goes... Oh boy, Evan, thank you. I'm sorry for that cheap remark.
1: There you are, 100%, James. You've got got full points so far.
0: What does Carla call Rebecca's feelings for Evan Drake? I can give you a hint if you want a hint. I think I'll need a hint. Tis filthy. Oh, uh, I don't know. The
1: screaming thigh sweats. Oh, I do remember (laughs) now. I avoided saying it earlier. That's how I know.
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah. Well, that's the last call. I think I know what we're going to have, James. We're either going to have chips and cheese or beer and olives. Beer and olives, I'm thinking. Six seasons, six pack.
1: <laughs> and uh, I think with that with that order, it meets the sort of ending of this season, which is slightly more introverted. And Normally we end with champagne, James, and it's like a big wedding celebration or a sort of proposal of love abroad. Yeah, sometimes we need to put something on ice this time you and olives finish that in one it's a much sort of quieter introspective episode. just just quiet night in isn't it yeah and it ends with a phone call
0: yeah there was going to be a uh this is a little tease for you for stuff to come in our season review there was going to be a very different season six finale but we'll talk more about that in a couple of weeks
1: yeah but until then this has been where nobody knows your name a cheers podcast thank you for listening to all six seasons of where nobody knows your name